You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Pastor Rick is in Cincinnati, and if that baby hasn't come to his daughter Brittany by this afternoon, the doctors are going to help. They're going to induce, so that baby's coming here soon, one way or the other. And uh, we need to be praying for Brittany, the baby. We need to be praying for Pastor Rick and Annette as this is an exciting time uh, in their lives. Um, and so, and also, if you would pray for me as I prepare to open the word uh, to speak to all of us today. Father, you're faithful and you're with us. You're with us in this place and and really, um, anything I say won't matter without your spirit. Without your spirit in this room communicating your word, your message. Your message through my words, but also even in spite of my words. You might have some things to say to some people that um, they just need to hear today. You, um, you love us. You care for us. Help me be with Rick and Annette, Brittany, the baby. Be with all the family. Um, and help this be a day when we walk out that we'll have fresh new hope in you. Amen. Man looking. Man looking. It could probably mean different things, but Rita has, that's the term that she uses around the house when um, I can't find my keys or the remote, can't find my socks. And she says, it's right there, you're man looking. In other words, you can't see what's right in front of your face. There's a song that was written in 1972. And it's written by Johnny Nash. The title of it is I Can See Clearly Now. Here's the, uh, the line to the very first verse. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's going to be a bright, bright, bright sun shiny day what blocks our vision what keep us from seeing things that are really there we can see things now that we couldn't see 25, 50, 100 years ago this past February NASA had a Kipler mission and uh, they announced that they discovered 715 new planets and these 715 new planets are circling around 305 stars, similar to our sun, which means there's multiple planets out there, and there, maybe there's no telling what's out there around these new suns on these planets. We couldn't see that 100 years ago. DNA. For $99, you can have your DNA tested and find new relatives. Maybe you have all the relatives that you want right now. 
But Ancestry.com is trying to get all these DNA results put in the computer and so you can maybe find new people you're related to. Wouldn't that be interesting? Some people that are bigoted might find out they're bigoted against their own race. Wouldn't that be interesting? That'd be a nice discovery. Uh, DNA solves ancient mysteries. You remember uh, King Richard III, one of the most famous English kings? They were digging up a parking lot and found his body. They weren't really sure that it was his body, so they took someone they knew was a descendant of him and tested her DNA and tested the bones that they dug up in the uh, parking lot, and they matched. And I can just imagine. You may, can you imagine years ago the, the, the driver of the hearse coming home to his wife eating a meal? I think I took the wrong turn and might have buried the king in the wrong place. And the wife say, well, don't worry, no one will find out. Just pass the tea, you know. DNA caught him, found him out. It can predict the future. Genetic testing can reveal risk factors for us, and so we might take some steps to prevent some things. DNA can even find the... Um, uh, if we have a, maybe a tendency to be obese. And so girls... If you're dating some guy that's a hunk now, you might want to get him tested just to make sure that he doesn't turn into something else later on. Or you could just look at his father. That's the old way. You know, just look at the father and see what your, your person that you're dating is going to turn out to be. Um, cell phones, things that we can see. We can see and talk to someone in Calcutta while we're on the front porch here in Bethany. On the cell phone, we can see um, the satellite picture of the house, including the weeds you didn't pick up in your backyard on the day they took the uh, satellite picture with Google Maps. You can see your children doing their homework in the living room while you're miles away at work. Now, the miracle there is not seeing them on the camera. It's the fact they're doing their homework. Um, You can watch Texas Ranger Adrian Beltre turn a double play in Oakland while while you're on a ski boat at Lake Tinkiller. And I think we have a few people there today. Recently, I had an appointment with Dr. Privet. He's my doctor, and I was getting my vision checked out and went in, and he did a bunch of tests, put the drops in there, laid back, you know. And he said, well, uh, you're, you're really fine, but you're showing early signs of cataracts. And I said, well, what does that mean? Well, I said, eventually a simple surgical procedure will be able to remove and replace that kind of brittle lens that you have in there, this foggy. You'll be able to crack that up and remove that and put a new lens in there so you can see real clear. And it's very simple and uh, almost always extremely successful. I had an aunt had that done. This aunt, she, 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 she was a, a bold, strong personality. And um, she went to the doctor and had her cataracts removed. And, and then she went back to the post-op. And she was extremely upset. Extremely upset. She said, this recent treatment has caused my face to wrinkle to pieces. <laughs> and I want you to fix it now. Sometimes... We can't see what's really there. 
And that's the problem we're going to focus on today from Scripture when we can't see what's really there. We're going to be studying 2 Kings chapter 6. And this story is about two kings warring each other. One from Israel is being under attack from uh, king of Syria. And uh, they would bring these guerrilla groups of army soldiers from Syria into Israel and try to capture the king. And every time, it's almost like someone had informed him, this is the king of Israel, how to escape and when they were coming. And uh, so the king of Syria was doing some investigation and found out, you know who the informant is? It's a prophet. It's a prophet of God. His name is Isaiah, and he has a servant. And they live in a town called Dothan. And so uh, the king of Syria, wanting to uh, eliminate the informant, Isaiah, uh, sent a band of soldiers to Dothan and surrounded it by night. And so they could take Isaiah away. And that's where we pick up the scripture here. And I would like to read that scripture out of 2 Kings. And I might even need to get my own glasses on. And I've lost my glasses. Oh. Well, the sermon, we can't do the sermon. We can't read the scripture. There they are. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those with them. The servant had gone out and saw all these army, this huge army that's surrounding the whole city. And this is what Isaiah was repeating to that servant when he was afraid. He said, don't be afraid. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened his servant's eyes. And he looked and saw that the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. As the enemy came down toward him, Elijah prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness. And as Elijah had asked, Elijah told them, this is not the road and this is not the city to follow. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. And after they entered the city, Elijah said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes, and they looked. And there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked, Shall I kill them, Father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those who you have captured with your own sword or bow? Because they haven't. Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them, and after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them their way and returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. The word of God, talking about things that were there that they couldn't see. The servant could not see could not see the chariots that were before him. Who are you surrounded by? What is it in your life that's creating you to have fear? Is it a conflict at work? Is it relationship with a spouse that's on the fritz? 
your kids and grandkids making bad choices, the loss of a loved one, a huge legal matter, serious health matters, heavy depression, the inability to make choices, <clears throat> an addiction that you can't beat, living in a dangerous neighborhood, whatever surrounds you, God wishes to and can open your eyes to see that he has all the power and resources that you need. I'm going to say that a little bit differently, and I want you to repeat that with me. And after I get to saying it, just, just say it out loud. God has all the power and resources I need. That's, that's pretty good. Some of the resources that he gives us is protection, God's protection. Proverbs 30, verse 5. It says this. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all those who come to him for protection. Are we promised that if we pray, though, that we'll always be protected from harm? Will nothing bad happen to us if we pray? I don't think so. Tragic things happen to even praying people. But I've seen God's miraculous protection of his children as they follow him. Sometimes it's as simple as providing them wisdom. Don't text and drive. Have you ever gone on a trip and... Um, you're eating a hamburger and fries, and you got a Coke, and you're driving with your knees, you know. No, just for a little bit. It's just for 30, 45 seconds, just for a short time. Sometimes the way he protects us is just giving us some wisdom from his word and from his spirit. Um, it could be that he tells you to forgive somebody or directs you to marry the right person. He protects us in so many different ways. You have diabetes. And you just can't get around to changing your diet. You can't really get around to exercising. But you pray for God's healing. God has already given you wisdom for protection. Follow it. Someone offers you the opportunity to make 30% on your investment. Sounds good. Pray about it. Listen. Seek. Look at the scriptures. Find some wisdom that he might be giving you on how to invest your money. Ask him, can I have two or three references of people that have already made 30% on your money? Well, it's a new opportunity. I'm not a part of that. God's protection. God provides strong protection from his word spoken to you from scripture and his spirit. Listen to it. It will shield you. God wants to show you that he has all the power and resources that you need. God's provision. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds and live in you. Christ Jesus. Gertrude Weaver turned 116. Had a cake party in Arkansas. They gave her the title of the oldest woman now alive in the United States. They asked her, um, what are factors for her longevity? And she said three things. Trusting in the Lord, hard work, and loving everybody. You have to follow God. If you don't, if you, you don't follow anyone else, be obedient and follow the laws. <clears throat> and don't worry about anything. I followed him for many years, and I ain't tired yet, is what she said. 116. Don't worry. Maybe the greatest miracle that you could ever experience is when God guards your hearts and minds. A life of trust instead of worry, anxiety, and fret. We tend to think provision only in terms of plenty of money, great home, high-paying job. But how many of us are praying for contentment? How many are praying for peace? Could God show you that he has all the power and resources that you need? Also, God might provide for you and protect you through his power. Matthew nineteen twenty six. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking... It is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. How big is your problem? Well, Pastor, my problem is that we can't have children. Pastor, my problem is cancer. My problem is an unsold house. My problem is loneliness. My problem is fear. My problem is children that don't want to communicate with me. My problem is a child <clears throat> with a big health issue. Could God show you that he has the power and resources that you need? The fourth area of God providing for you is in possibilities. Ephesians 3.20 Now all glory to God who is able to his mighty power at work within us to accomplish it indefinitely more, infinitely more than we might ask or think. What if God showed you all the possibilities that you cannot see right now? So you people that you could influence for the good, for the better, to change a person. You might be influential in changing a family, a neighborhood, a country forever show you a new dream or direction God might want to open your eyes so that you can see that you can be a different person the old gone the new person that God wants you to become 
He might show you that you have the possibility to overcome sin with his help. To be transformed and no longer controlled by that sin. God can show you that he has the power and the resources that you need. We find ourselves sometimes in fear, though. Sometimes hopeless thinking. Sometimes it moves us to give up, waste our time, damages our relationships, or just freezes us in fear. Here's what I suggest that you do. Ask God. Simply ask God to show you, to open your eyes, to show you that he has the power and the resources that you need. It could be that um, he's going to show you those through his scripture. Read scripture and write down. Maybe take some big sheets of paper and just write down all the words that describe God, the Almighty, the Creator. Nothing's impossible. Pick them on big pieces of paper. I did this one time and, and stuck tape on the walls. And, and when I got through in my office, I had about 40 pieces of paper with descriptors of God's name just all written around the walls and so I left them up for about two weeks and every time I walked in the office I would see that and be reminded that my eyes would be open to see that God that God has the power and resources that I needed Um, some of my appointments were kind of taken back they'd walk in and here's all my walls cluttered what would happen if, if, if you did that in your home right now, if you're going through a battle, if you're surrounded right now in your life? What would happen if you just kind of pasted up on the wall the descriptors of God to remind you that he's able? What if you um, went on prayer walks? What if you did a prayer journal? What if you just took a prayer retreat? What if you just spent some time in prayer listening to God? It'll remind you that he is able. Just asking him, show me, show me. Open my eyes that I might see that I can trust you. Well, Lewis, I I just don't have time to do that. I mean, that takes a lot of time. Well, how's fear working for you? How's not really understanding that God is for you, working for you? Open my eyes God that I might see Um, this week uh, I went to the hospital saw a couple patients I was down at children's and uh, the first one uh, I'd heard about the accident about a month ago maybe a little bit more than a month small infant uh, hit by a car serious damage to his head um they really didn't know the family at that particular time. They've been making some progress, but when I heard the story, my heart, I read the text, my heart just sunk with hopelessness. Oh my goodness, can you imagine what those parents are going through? Oh my goodness, can you imagine what that child is facing? Oh my goodness. And, uh, and I said, well, I, I need to go down and pray with that child and with that family. Maybe I could encourage them. 
Oh, was I blind. I went down to children's, took the elevator up to the floor, opened the door, and when I got to the child's room, there were about five or six nurses. They were kind of working on this baby, and what had happened, there had been an infection that had occurred, and, um, and they were wanting to make sure that they get a hold of that and get it fixed quickly. Mother was bending over the bed, and so I kind of stayed out of the room and said, oh, what am I going to see? What am I going to face? Um, you know, what kind of hope can I bring them? And eventually the uh, nurses left, and it was just the mom, and I walked in, introduced myself, and had a good visit. And here's this baby sitting up in bed, had a little neck brace on, uh, had a few bruises on the eye, and it was reading a kid's book. And I think it was trying to tear up the kid's book. And it was a pretty strong baby, and it was being pretty successful. And he was laughing and pointing at me, pointing at the book, talking to mother. And so we had a little short visit, and then I prayed for him and prayed for the mom and the dad and the whole family. And I walked out of the room, and, and one of the nurses saw me. I said, well, are you, are you um, a coach or a pastor? And, uh, well, I'm a pastor. Well, you look like either a coach or a pastor, so I don't know <laughs> what that is. And um, she said... Um, that baby in there is a miracle. And literally, I mean, I just started bawling. I started crying. And I said, God, you have opened my eyes. And I've seen just a little smidgen of the horses and the chariots that you have surrounded this child and this family with. And there's more and more and more that I can't even see your work and your hand and your provision. Your power, God. When I, when I walked out, your power and your resources are sufficient for this family and this child and what they're going through right now. I walked out of that room, down the hall, another elevator, went up to another floor, went into this room. Uh little boy by the name of Demarion. We met the family about three years at the church. Here at the church, we've kind of connected and we've established a relationship. Uh, his mother, his loving mother, brought him into the uh, ER just a few days before and with a nosebleed. And, you know, boys have nosebleeds. That just happens. But she just kind of had some hunch that this is more than a nosebleed. And, and as the doctor examined and they found some other symptoms they did some x-rays and these x-rays showed a large a large tumor on the chest large tumor on the stomach this boy's 14 the mother Felicia you'll see her sometimes sitting right over here on the front row Felicia is a single mom has seven kids under the age of 15 this boy is her rock this is the boy that she kind of leans on. She's pregnant with twins, and there's a little bit of a complication even as she's pregnant, seven months into it. And so I'm standing here knowing all she's going through, farming out the other six children, sitting by the bedside of this 14-year-old that's just got this word of cancer. She's taking shots so the babies won't be coming early. 
and I say, how are you doing? And she said, um, I've been very fearful. Doctors told me the prognosis, there's the good things that could happen, there's bad things that can happen. And I'm replaying all the bad things in my mind. I was sitting in the waiting room and some of the moms were talking to me and they were telling the bad stories about their child's outcome and, and I'm replaying all those stories in my mind. And I was sitting there before you came in and the room was dark and and I don't know, she said, I don't know if I, I, I saw him or if I felt him. But I sensed Jesus was standing in this dark hospital room by my son's side. And he said, I'm enough. I can get you through this, Felicia. And I can get your boy through it. God was telling her that he has all the power and resources that she needs. What's surrounding you? What's creating fear within you? Or maybe even what possibilities are there within you? Does God need to open your eyes to see what's really there? To see him? To see his ability? To see his power? To see his resources? Today, we get to celebrate one of the most powerful demonstrations of his power as we come and take communion. And, uh, and we know that the bread and the juice represents the body and the blood that Jesus allowed to be broken and shed for us. That's power to fight a battle we can't fight. I would like to ask those that are serving us the communion to please come forward and prepare to service. And as they come forward, could you all stand right now to receive the elements? There'll be two cups in each slot. The, the, the top cup has the juice and the cup beneath it has the bread. Make sure you take two cups. Just lift it up out of that slot. Lewis. All this God stuff is for weak people. I've got good health. I've got a good job. I've got good credit. I've got a good family. I've got good friends. Good. But it all ends. It all ends someday. It all ends. And um, God has made a provision for you beyond this world. He loves you. 
John 9, 39. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see they are blind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way. Yes, the truth, the life. No one can get to the Father except by means of me. Except by means of me. Open my eyes and show me that you have provided and are providing and will continue to provide all the power and all the resources that I need. not been served and like to be served please raise your hand we'll get someone there quickly I want you to be seated I want you to be seated in your hand is elements of the most powerful kind Before you take them, during this short song that Kyle's going to sing, I would like you just to pause and do a prayer and ask God to open your eyes, especially if you're surrounded today, to open your eyes. And then after about a minute, why don't you just take the bread and the cup 
as a reminder that God's power and resources are sufficient. Father, as we go today, open our eyes that we might see your resources and your power is enough. You're dismissed. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at BethanyNaz.org.